0: the Boomer and the Babe Studio at the Feeding Arizona Building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther.
1: Oh, and welcome. I'm Dr. Terry Munther along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improving the quality of our lives. We'll talk about the tried and true concepts found in the book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, and we hope you'll join in the conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts and comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomerandbabe or www.successorfailure.org. Welcome. Good to be back. I'm uh, Dr. Terry Munther again with Tom, and I've just gotten back down south from the great northwest, so it's good to be back with you here, Tom, in the Phoenix area, Sun City, Arizona. I,
2: I see you brought a little
1: cool weather with you. <laughs> <laughs> it is cooling off in the great northwest. We're expecting snow. It always snows around Halloween time, so uh, it was nice to be able to get back down here for a while.
2: After, after the summer, I feel cold when it gets under 80. <laughs> you know,
1: uh, for those of you that are listening, it's going to be about 70, 75 today, and Tom's in long pants and sweaters, so that yeah. tells you anything.
2: <laughs> We're at, when I moved down here in, in uh, 2005 with my wife, they kept telling us, well, you'll have to worry about the heat. I found out I adapted to that real well, but I didn't adapt to the cold.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. I
2: mean, it's that the dry cold, it, it but it's still it's chilly. <laughs> well, the
1: older I get, the less <laughs> I adapt to cold. <laughs> yeah, and,
2: and, and the
1: better I am with heat. But I, I swore no matter what the temperature was, I was going to wear shorts every day because I only had a couple weeks
2: down here, so I'm in shorts. <laughs> well, um, when when you went up, uh, you know, you came from. Can yeah. and you retired up there and then moved down here, but now you're back up in Spokane area, up north of Spokane, right. right? And then then you're uh, you went back to work for for a school district. I I did.
1: You know the <clears throat> the one thing we we've, we've been doing this for what a couple years yeah. now. The one thing we had is uh, you know when you're successful enough that you can retire and start to think about what it is you want to do. The one thing I have found about retirement that's kind of fun is I've done a few different things since I've been retired, and just to keep your, your mind open to possibilities and, and other adventures, if, if you will. But, I, you know, I was kind of surprised. I did not think I would go back to education. I was a school superintendent, uh, you know, teacher, principal, superintendent in a 30-year career, retired from that. thought, well, I might do a lot of other things in retirement, but I doubt I would do that. Um, But, you know, an opportunity came along. I'd been retired for five years, and we have done real estate. You and I have worked together doing workshops, and I've done some other things. Um, But I think I've told the story even on this program. One of the things we talk about as part of finding your success path, if you will, is, is getting it out there. Is laying it out to people and friends and whatever what it is you you think makes you successful or what would make you happy and, and because sometimes it comes back around um, and that was the case you know I someone was asking me uh, last year well would you ever go back into education I said well I just don't know I kind of been there done that and finished with a big job in a lot of schools and school districts and. I said, but I live in a quaint little place called Loon Lake, which is just 30 miles north of Spokane. We live on, on the lake, and it's a great little community. And I said, you know, something like that, if a if our little hometown community, you know, ever had a job opening that might fit me, that, that would be great. That may be the only thing I would think about. The next day after I made that comment to a friend, um, I get a call from a search committee who is looking – for the superintendent for Loon Lake, and that the job had come open. And, I mean, it was just one of those, do you believe in karma or what, you know? And and so, uh, you know, talked to the board of directors, uh, met with staff, and and uh, decided it would be just a great challenge. And, you know, the thing for me was I had to think about, you know, what was it about education that really made me feel good? and right. You know, and and. Not all the things do, you know, the administrivia, the legal stuff. You know, I was glad to retire from that sort of thing. But I remember telling uh, students that I used to teach when I was teaching leadership classes in college, I said the one thing I made sure I did as often as possible, but at least once I was a, a large school district superintendent, I always went down to an elementary school and sat in the back of the classroom because it reminded me of why I got in it in the first place, <clears throat> right. because we can get so far removed from the actual reason you're there, which is the kids. Right. And, and of course, the larger the organization, no matter what you're doing, you're probably further removed, maybe the mission itself sometimes. And and in my case, you know, that was the thought was, you know, if I'm going to ever do it again, i got to be with the kids. You know, I've really got to be right down on the and be able to work with the kids and see kids every day. And so this is an opportunity to do that. It's a very small little school district that just has grades K through 6. And so I've got an elementary school, and there's a a good principal there that, that actually, obviously, is taking care of business while I'm gone. But the fun is back in that, in that I get to see the kids every day. They call me Dr. M. Uh, and, oh, right. good morning, Dr. M. And, and, you know, I meet him at the bus in the morning, and I see him off in the bus in the afternoon, and and it, it just brought it all back full circle. Yeah, that's why I got in that 35 years ago, and that's what drew me back. And uh, to be able to get right back to the essence of what, what was fun about the business and what is the most important thing about the business, this gave me the opportunity.
2: See, this this is the thing, and uh, I've never been, I've, I've done some teaching, but I've never been a, a certified teacher. But the the idea is that when you get away from the drama, and I know when you were in a big school district, I mean, that was huge. You had thousands of, of students, and yeah. you don't really get to get down to the student level because you're dealing with all the drama, the unions, the the different parents yeah, that, exactly. that, that aren't handling their children and, and expect you to be the babysitter, not the teacher. Just take care of my kids while I go off and a couple of drinks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that during the day. And, there, you know, it's just a different kind of education system. But when you can actually get down and help people, and that's really what my book is about. But when I was thinking about what you were saying is that – you were thinking about your retirement and you were enjoying it. You're playing some golf yeah. and, and yeah. Do, playing music and, yeah. and doing the things that you like that way without the drama. But then you found out that part of that lifestyle was having the interface with the, with the kids. Yeah. And yeah. so, yes, I can be the, the top dog in a, in a business, but I still want to be down we're where it's hands on. Yeah. And making sure that the kids are getting what they need so that they can grow in
1: Well and yeah, you know, I mean the the point of your book, <clears throat> success or failure, the choice is yours. I mean the very first thing you do in the in our training is we ask people what's your definition of success, right? Mm-hmm. right. And and uh, you know, we always think of that in terms a lot of time of what I'm going to be or how much I'm gonna make or where I'm gonna live. Right. But another way to look at that is, even within the business you're in or the business you've chosen, what is it about that business that made you feel successful? Right. Now, that's another level of, of that definition, and I, so while when I was doing uh, reading your book and working with it, my definition of success was doing something else in retirement, right. and I did that.
2: Right. Um, yeah, you were a realtor. And
1: yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but in this case, I actually, when I had the opportunity to go back and do something I had already done for 30 years, my thinking changed. So if I was to do that, did I feel successful? When did I feel the most happy? Right. And if I'm going to go back into that business, that's where I've got to get to. And so it was kind of an interesting look at the definition of success.
2: I was, I was reading, uh, you know, how we all get emails and little stories that people uh, give. There was one out about a, uh, a lady that was 86 years old, and she w- w- went back to college, and she was going through, she was in her last year of college. Uh, and who's in a class, the teacher says, end up and turn around and introduce you to some, somebody that you don't know. Introduce yourself to somebody else. So a lot of times people just go past people yeah. and they don't really say, hi, I'm Tom. Who are you and what do you do? What do you like to yeah. do? I mean, we're, we're so in a capsule as we go through our lives and we don't really understand. And, or, or get the feeling of actually meeting people and being introduced. But one of the things, uh, she, this older lady at, this, at the class, I won't go through the whole story, but the fact was that she met this young man, was introduced to him, and got to be great friends, and he entered, asked her to speak at their football. End uh, of the football season, and give him some lessons. He's 86, and he was a college student, right? Okay. So he just thought that was great. So she goes up to, to make her speech, and he was very nervous. dropped her her cards. Or she had these three by five cards that was her speech, and she sees them on the floor. Gets up and says, "Well, uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm very nervous." She says, "I gave up." Uh, Beer for Lent, and this whiskey's killing me. (laughs) That was was how she started out her her talk. She said, I will never get my cards in order for my speech, so I'm just going to tell you about four things that you need to know about your life. And one of them is that everybody can grow old. It doesn't take any talent, whether you're 19 and you go to bed and stay in bed for a year and are never productive. You have no productivity at all. You'll be 20 at the end of a year. She says, I'm 86. So if I go to bed and I stay in bed all year and I'm not productive at the end of the year, I will be 87. And so it doesn't take any talent. Everybody can do that. You're going to grow old. But one of the things that old people look back at their lives and they find they never regret things they've done. Now, like me, I'm 75. I've done a lot of things that I'm not proud of, but I don't regret doing any of them.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, I, they were life lessons. Life
1: lessons yeah, and
2: what I did is say, I'm not doing that again. Mm-hmm. That wasn't right. i got to figure some way to make that up, whether I make it up to you because I offended you or I did something bad to you. I may not make it up to you, but I'll find somebody else that I can make it up to so that you give back and so overall you do this. The thing is, you don't regret the things that you did. You regret the things you didn't do. And when you're older and you look back at your life and you say, oh, well, I wished I would have done that. I wished I would have hiked the Grand Canyon from the north to the south rim, even though it damn near killed me. (laughs) 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 I mean it's it's something that that was on my bucket list and i had to do it so yeah. i don't regret that at all and that just struck me so so profoundly and that's really what is in the book about it's it's figuring out your life and thinking of yourself to to run your your life as a business and that's for a profit and i know people don't like the word profit because we have to dumb everything down and yeah. we have to do all this crazy stuff that's, that's really uh, devil's work as far as I'm concerned. What we need to do is expose ourselves to more things and have more thoughts and a plan of what we really want and visualize, it's visualizing the outcome and striving toward it. Yeah. It's the striving. I mean, we all need to get to food, clothing, and shelter. We all need to have our minimum basic human requirements after that, we don't really have to spend anything. I mean, we don't have to earn a lot of money so that we can spend more. And if you have a 100-foot yacht, I need a 200-foot yacht with a helicopter <laughs> on it. You know, I mean, I don't even want, I don't even want a rowboat. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all done with I can outperform you and I have more money than you. Because the thing I learned is he who dies with the most toys, he's still just dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? So, yeah. so
2: it's, did you do something that was productive? Did you <clears throat> actually put something out into the world that, that makes it better? Because there's people coming after us, and I don't see that happening a lot, but where you're going and getting back down to the, to the young kids, and actually be able to get in their head that they can do something, they can be whatever they want to be, yeah. and, and give them a path so that they can start a life of learning. What a wonderful thing you're well, doing.
1: Well, it, it's just great to be, <clears throat> to be able to go home uh, on, on most days and say, I made a difference. I made a positive difference. I think the school is better. I think I made some kids' days better. And God help me, I hope I never make any kids' days worse.
0: you know, right. but that's right. why
1: i I meet them at the beginning and at the end and and that's a neat feeling again you know to to Whoa. actually talk to my wife about that and 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 uh, she said, I think you were meant to be here at this time, you know uh with just they're just wonderful kids. We have, just have wonderful kids. It's a wonderful little supportive community, and to be able to spend my day in that environment, we've got challenges. We got to get better. We're trying to raise test scores. We're you know, trying to do a lot of things, uh, you know, make the make everything better. Um, and I think you know we're taking steps in that direction that we can see. Well, and and that's uh, that that's the thing about some jobs is is you don't get to see. The success of it or the failure of it. Sometimes, right. you know, um, it may be very, very long term, or you're getting you may be very removed from the product itself, and and this is a case where you know it's very tangible, it's right? Every day with kids, seeing them grow or seeing things get better. Yes,
2: because you can have benchmarks, and yeah. you can see they're learning, and and w- when they're not learning, instead of. Uh, Saying it's okay, you know, we'll we'll dumb everybody down to the lowest possible person in there. It's giving kids the fact that it's okay to be superior. It's okay to strive. It's It's, okay to be good. It's good to be smart. It's good. And if if you're not that smart, it's okay too. But no. Know where you're, where you're at and what is necessary for you to compete against the guys that are smart because yeah, it's and, not and, just being
1: smart. Yeah, and, and you know, sometimes in, in not just education, but in a lot of businesses, we tend to fall back on excuses of why not, yeah. you know, why we right. can't do something. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our little school has a has quite high poverty rate. And so, you know, a lot of people equate, well, you know, if if we have a poor school, then they're not going to be as successful in, in test yeah. scores. And, and we just won't put up with
2: that. Yeah. that you know, I love we're that. going
1: to have That's high cool. expectations for all kids, regardless yeah. of poverty rate or income. We're going, and and our staff believes that too, and it, and it's we're going to hold high expectations. We're going to give them the best education. We're going to expect success and, and you know, Again, we're going to start with every kid feeling safe mm-hmm. and feeling wanted and feeling happy yeah. and feeling fed. Right. You know, I mean, we feed kids breakfast and lunch okay. um, and because they can't learn if they're hungry. Right. And we take care of the basic needs, like you said, the food and shelter. Yeah. But, but then, you know, if kids feel safe and they feel loved and, and they're not hungry and we hold them to high expectations and they have fun while learning, we can get there with yeah. all all kids, all kids right. can make you know successful gains and and uh, I think everyone in our organization believes that, and that 's what 's right. fun about it you know yeah. and, and and then to look at the kids and they 're smiling and they 're happy and they 're happy to learn and they 're happy to read to you and yeah that's that 's a good job
2: yeah that see the, those those are the fulfilling things yep. and see one of the things that, that uh, you mentioned it 's karma, and i I have my my viewpoint of karma but i think that the karma part of it is the fact that you even though you didn't you didn't sit down and plan to go to that school yeah you were thinking about the things that you were going to do in retirement which says that to everybody i mean you have a comfortable retirement right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. you're okay in that okay. and so it's, it's like you have balance in your life, is what I say in the book. Yes, yes. So that was not the problem of I need to go out and work. I want to be. I want to right. do this. And that's part of the plan. See, and the fact that your mind was open to it, it's like a lot of times people go past doors of opportunity that all they'd have to do is stop and the door would open up. It will open up automatically, and that's what actually happened to you. Yeah. You've got your mind in a place where you said, well, you know, I'm, I like playing golf, and I like doing my music, and I like being down here when it's nice and <laughs> and, and there's no snow on the ground. Yeah. And uh, this, is, this is a pretty cool place, but there's a little part of me that's missing. And once you said that, the door opened up. Yeah. See, the, yeah, sure. the doors are always open, but we go past them so fast, we don't even see them as doors. They're mm-hmm. just walls. Mm-hmm. We're just running down the wall and, oh, nothing's here. You know, it's like, uh, I, I've, I've thought about it a lot, especially about education where, in, like, I lived in L.A., and I wouldn't put my school, my kids in any of L.A. schools. I mean, I put them in private schools. Because I could go there and know what was being taught and know it wasn't some teacher's union that was more worried about political stuff than about the kids in the education. I mean, like, there's a a thing going through Congress now about they don't want to have teachers that that have had uh, pedophile experiences teaching. Well, I... Think that the union would be in favor of that? You know? Oh no! This teacher has a right to teach your little kids. I don't think (laughs) so. And I don't want to put you on the spot, so (laughs) I won't have you respond (laughs) to that. But I mean, I'm just saying, from a big city, that's the more drama, and that's a drama, not the drama, a drama that comes up with with trying to teach your kids. It's all the other um, agendas that the unions have, or the cities have, or the political people have, or, or, but it isn't down to, to where we teach people. Yeah, and that, that's
1: what I, you know, not to be repetitious, I, that's what's so fun about this particular place, and, and this job, is everybody's on the same page, everybody's, yeah. it's a small, great staff all the way around, and, and. And it's just nice to to be at that grassroots level yeah. again, but but I guess to go back to you know part of the retirement thing or people who are looking to change careers or do things, I, I guess for me the word fulfillment came up. Mm-hmm. So you know what what fulfills you, and right. and that may or may not be uh, long lasting. I mean, it no. may be short term. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you know, when I retired, what fulfilled me was to be retired and mm-hmm. to be able to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. That day, whether I wanted to golf or swim or sleep, right? right? I mean, that was fulfilling for a while.
2: Right.
1: Not forever, but for a while. Yeah. And then what was fulfilling was, well, what else haven't I done that I want to do? Like you said, you got to keep your mind open. And, and my wife and I did real estate. That was fulfilling for a while. To go back mm-hmm. to school to learn a whole new business. Um, and that was very interesting, very
2: fulfilling for a while. And you got got some of your friends to move down. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you get to you yeah, get we, to play music with them. I know, yeah. We <laughs> you missed of, some things yeah, in your retirement lot and you friends, filled those slots. A lot of friends
1: that we helped uh, buy houses. But it, it, that it was fine too. Yeah. And but I, I think we look at now, you know, or I did anyway, so what will, what fulfills me? What what do I need to fulfill me, you know, and
0: and whenever you get
1: that gap that okay i 'm happy i'm comfortable, but i 'm not fulfilled right um, then you got to start looking then what will
2: yeah you know, and, and see that's what planning's all about is yeah. is to be open planning isn't something that you do until you reach a goal and that's one of the things that that I, I I teach victims of domestic violence at eve's place and then uh One of the things that I try to teach them is the definition of a victim. That's a person that suffers from a destructive or injurious. Now, a survivor is a person that carries on, despite these hardships or trauma, uh, to persevere or be courageous enough to make changes in their life by writing plans and achieving goals for the success they set. That means every one of us is capable of having success that we define and we achieve. Um, It's called uh, being able to achieve all you can conceive. So that, that came out of Napoleon Hill. And when I was 19, I read that. And he said that I can have anything I want. That's what that means. Whatever I can think of, I can attain. And you look at it and say, well, could I do this in any place in the world? Probably not. I'd have to move to a place like this, uh, like the U.S., where these things are, are, are capable. Um, there's another thing in this definition of what is success. Success is getting anything you want. So that means that whatever it is that you want, you decide, I want to be the president of the United States. You get to be the president of the United States, then you're successful or having a new car or buying a house on a lake or building a fence or doing whatever it is that you want to do and then you do it, that makes you successful. But success doesn't mean you're going to be happy. So happiness is on the other side. Happiness is wanting what you get. So success is getting what you want, but then you want to make sure you're happy if you want what you get. So you, at one time, wanted to be retired, right, to get out of the yeah. the non-teaching part of mm-hmm. the education field. And so you could retire, and then you got out and did that. And then you decide, well, I'm successful because I did what I wanted, but now I want something that makes me happy. Is, is yeah.
1: that yeah. the idea? Yeah, I think that's it. And, and I guess the another uh, lesson for me was, that it's it's okay if that's short term.
2: Oh yeah. You
1: know, I I think I may be doing two or three more things in my retirement <laughs> before I'm done. You know. Well, that's I, the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah. Is is I think we we look and we say that was a fulfilling job, and now is there something new? You yeah. know, is there some uh, that would I'd like to try again? I mean, that's that is yeah. the nice thing. But it, whether you're in retirement, I think or you're 30 years old, I think you ought to be asking that question because very few people nowadays, you know, work the same job for 30 years.
2: Right. Yeah, that's not the norm. And
1: and so, and and I think that's okay. In in some ways I look at, like, my kids and say that's going to be kind of a more exciting life for them that they may
2: have two or three or four careers in their lifetime. That's exactly true. And the difference is that the career that they're going to have in five years isn't even a known career today. Right, may not be. When you start in college as a freshman, you're trained for a job that doesn't exist yet. Right. But they can't train you for it because it doesn't exist yet. So you have to learn how to learn so that you can, you know, it's more that than it is where there's so much knowledge available. You just go on and click on Google or any of the other search engines, and you can find anything you want. I mean, it's all the data that you could possibly want is there, but it isn't the fact that the data is there. It's how do you use it?
1: Yeah. How do you I, pull I down think, what you need? You know, I, I tell when kids say, well, what should I major in? You know, I, I, I say, well, I mean, hopefully you get into something that you'll really love. But I said, in the end, you may change your career four, five, six times. So probably the most important thing is learn how to learn and learn how to work with people.
2: Yes.
1: Because when I'm hiring people, no matter, and I hear this from CEOs of other business outside of education, they want somebody who is a lifelong learner who can learn well, learn quickly, and equally or more importantly can work with others. Right. In a team setting, you know. Um, And because you can learn the business. Yes. You know, you can learn the business. But... uh, to learn to learn and learn to work with people as a team right. to, to make that company successful. Those, those are key ingredients.
2: What what we say when I teach at, uh, victims of domestic violence and a lot of, I get all kinds. I mean, I want you to know that that is not just one economic stratus, 25% of the female population and about 12% of the male population in the United States. That's a lot of people going through this kind of trauma. And sometimes more than once they don't. And I'm trying to teach them just to go through it once. It's okay to be a victim once. It is not okay to be a victim twice. So those are things that that you have to know. And how do you take care of that? But the, you know, like what you were saying is, when you when you're trying to learn. Uh, what career do you want to do? It isn't knowing so much what you what career you want. You have to you have to develop skills and exactly what you said, the people skills. How do you get along with people? It's and then how do you find out information so that you can do not just a job but any job, yeah. so that you can really fit in. And then when you come back behind that, it's develop your skills and in that. It's always able to keep up with the new stuff. So my skills are always sharp. Right. Second thing is that as an employer, I look at: Do you have the skills? Second thing is: Will you use the skills? Yeah. You know what's your what's your attitude about this stuff? Do, will you use it? Yes, I I'm I'm fully capable. But no, I'm not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you can, could you send me my paycheck so I don't have to come into this terrible business of yours? And the last thing is, do you get along well with the people? So yeah. if if the student, in thinking about a career, thinks about it in that manner, okay, now when I go to present myself, I have a degree, I have a diploma. Well, the diploma, unless you're in engineering in and in, uh, dealing with numbers, mathematics, um, Everything else is going to change. Mathematics doesn't change. The application right. of the mathematics changes, but the numbers are always the numbers. And well,
1: and, and no matter what field you go to, I mean, I, I think, you know, not to oversimplify it. Obviously, in some fields, medicine,
2: right?
1: Potentially engineering, some engineering fields, cetera. You, there's a skill set, obviously, right. and that information you're going to have to know. But you know, like you know, I take my business now. All the teachers have the same degree, mm-hmm. right?
2: Right. So, they go to the...
1: Right. And if you're applying to be a doctor at a hospital, everyone has the same degree. <laughs> so really, who gets the job is that person who you think has, has the ability to learn, learn well, learn quickly, and can solve problems with people. Right. You know, and, and, or in my business, work with kids, work with people. You know, communication skills are obviously exceptionally important. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope people choose the career field that they're interested in. But in the end, I hope they also keep an open mind. I tell my kids that, you know. I think it'd be great every five years if your career path changed and you were happy because it
2: changed, you know,
1: and, and it was a new challenge for you.
2: It, it's, it's so interesting to me to, to watch... Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm an entrepreneur, and basically I, I tell people I'm unemployable. So, because, I mean, I couldn't work for anybody else, and nobody would really want to hire me, because any information I have, I'll just give it to you for free. So, you know, I, I don't try to monetize that. And, you know, I'm a, a certified min, score mentor, and I help people out with, with their business practices and and business ideas. But then working with the victims of domestic violence where we've taken where 10% of the people were leaving the shelter with a job. Now it's over 70%. And I'm I'm seeing people that are actually starting to get the information. You know, they're, this actually works. This is really easy. You know, and that's, that's what I think you would get when you're teaching the young kids where you can just actually see the light bulb on top yeah. of their head, you yeah. know, because yeah. they, they just light up. I got it. You know, yeah. oh, is that what you mean? And that's that's what I get when I'm, I'm going to these classes. Like, uh, I'm in this uh, group I was telling you before about Leadership West here on uh, west side of Phoenix. There's a group that's been here and they're trying to build leadership capital on the west side of Phoenix and it's been going for 20 years. And I'm in class 20. We have to commit... Um, a year of service on the website, and then we go around and see the different uh, facilities, like last last month we went to see um, a new life, uh, it's a homeless shelter, not homeless as much as a victim of domestic violence shelter, and they, they will take families, you know, so a lady with yeah. four or five kids can actually go there and, and get their lives put back together and then go, they're not just, okay, you're in here for 20 days, out. You have to do things and help them if the people want to change their lives. That's where it starts. You have to want to change your lives. Yeah. And that's just like you and I, we're, we're going along in our lives and and things are, are, we've taken care of our financial part so that we're able to give back. And and get what I call psychic income. So that's really what I'm working for is right now a psychic income. I have some things that have taken care of my financial income, and so once that's all underway, it's like here at Sun City Country Club, uh, we we've, we've just about got we've got this turned around on a operational basis. I just have to clean up the ownership basis. You know, there's there's some a lot of changes yeah, going on. There's yeah. there's Problems with that, and you know the the thing, like you said, is getting the people in place that want to do the job and will kind of support it, make it make it move forward. That's that's uh, that by getting those people in place, then my job is to not have a job here, is to have this running so smooth yeah. that people come and like it. It's a community asset, it's self sustaining, it pays people a decent wage. Right now it's not paying people a decent wage, you know, and I I'm looking at what's gonna happen with the political stuff. Obamacare and the rest of it, you know, and I'm stuck with that stuff. And how do you how do you factor all those into still giving people what they want is like I say, you want low price, fast service and excellent excellent quality. Is yeah. pick two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, You want. You want low service. You're. You're not getting fast service, yeah. and you're not. Or you're not getting quality service. Yeah. So if it can take two years, I'll produce it for you. If you want it today, <laughs> it isn't going to be with all three of them. But those are just little things that, that you do with your business, and you're trying. To, it's working with people so that when they, that they feel. Like we're in Sin City, and people say, well, why do you have programs for kids? Well, kids need to learn to play golf because Mm -hmm. it's the only sport that I know of that I have five people. One of them is 95. He plays two times a week. It's for a lifetime. It's a lifetime sport, but it's also the communication skills that you learn and the, the ability, instead of sitting in a room with a little... With your phone and your thumbs going 900 miles an hour, you actually go out and yeah. because you have to turn your phone off when you're out on the golf course. What a concept! So well, I wish everyone would. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean it's it's yeah. not a it's an ethical thing, and yeah. you have right as a as a fellow golfer to tell them, excuse me, you know, would you turn your phone off? And I have no problem doing that, but. You know, there, there's etiquette things that, that kids learn from playing golf. And then yeah, we have a program true. for uh, for autistic kids where we teach them social skills and motor skills. Now, I'm not like you, a teacher, trying to teach them all kinds of stuff, but just the, the ability to have some social skills, yeah. even if you're autistic, because a lot of autistic kids have huge amounts of capacity They just have all the dots connected yet. So if you help them do that, then, and that brings them so they're not told that it's okay to be at the bottom. Oh, you got this problem, so you can be at the bottom. No, you get no special help. You get some special help if if, if you accept it, but your job is not to stay down. Your job is to move up. Yeah. And i know known some, some, like I mentioned on the program before, uh, Margaret's two twins were autistic. Well, they had a lot of problems. One didn't even talk till he was four. But they're gradu- U of A with A grades. They got full ride scholarships and they're carrying A's.
1: All kids can learn.
2: Yeah. You know, all I kids mean, can
1: learn. All kids can improve. I I just think any time that we can offer a child an activity, especially a lifetime activity, right. Right, you know. Uh, that, that gets them communicating, not with a computer, but with right. people. human, and, Yeah, and, and active, out oh. of the house, mm-hmm. outdoors. Right. So I, I just think that's just another building block, you know, in, in their In their learning, in their learning yeah, and their ability
2: to learn. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's, and that, that's like what we're talking about is, you know, what, what can you do with kids? It's the same thing as understanding people need to understand that, yes, we didn't do all the things or we can say we weren't offered the opportunities when we were young and we just passed them up. The opportunities were there. We didn't have a plan. So yeah. If we had good parents or bad parents, I happen to have had great parents and uh, so they treated my brother and myself like two separate people because we are. Yeah. I mean, he is totally different than I am what things he likes or wants or what he thinks is right or wrong is totally different than me. But I mean not right or wrong, but yeah. the yeah. the what you want to do and how you want to live your life and things like that is is totally different. But we were since we were so different, my dad was able to raise us differently. But that's what got me onto these abilities to start thinking and planning and it's like you Just like I, I learned from Think and Grow Rich, well, it, he says, money, how much do you want? When do you want it? What are you going to do to get it? Did you write, write a plan that's explicit detail of how you're going to get it? I guarantee anybody in our audience, anybody in the world that will read that and write that and read it two times a day will achieve anything that they want. They yeah. just put the focus on it and go get it. You yeah. want to be... You know,
1: there's another piece to that, though, that you and I have talked about it. But <clears throat> whether it's adults or, or kids, um, and, and that's... It. We also have... They have to think they can achieve it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing, again, I'm finding working... That I enjoy so much working with small kids is one of our jobs is to convince them that they can be successful, regardless of their background, regardless of where you might live, regardless of your parents' income. And so, yeah, I think it's wonderfully important to to convince kids they can be anything, they can have anything, they can learn, they can be successful. So, you know, when you're saying we're teaching kids here in Sun City to learn to golf, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got a program. We take all the kids snow skiing. Yeah. It, and that's that's just that's a, something
2: they would never get right. in a, in a poverty situation. But, but
1: they can do that with us. Yeah. You know, all kids are going to have the opportunity to mm-hmm. s- snow ski, right? And and all kids are going to have opportunities to do other activities and fun things and field trips and and learn that they can not only learn but they can achieve. Yeah. And and once they get that in their mind that yeah I, you know I can't I can be whatever I want to be and. Yeah. And that's half the battle. And we find that. You find it in you're working with you know, domestic violence mm-hmm. victims. Uh, we find it in working with adults in business. A lot of times we just hear and people feel, well, I can't do that. I, yeah. You know, I don't have the skills. I don't have the background. Um, I don't, you know, I came from this a negative situation. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes poverty breeds yeah. More poverty, and and we, and our our role is to get people out of that cycle, right. you know, of them thinking that because they were poor, they've got to be poor. Right. Um, because I didn't have these opportunities, I can't have no. And that's what they hear at home. Right. So that's I, what I, you know, the
2: parents justify why they're poor.
1: Yeah, I, I think in some cases, you know, but I think you know our role is is to convince the kids that they can
0: they yeah. can.
1: Be successful. Your role in working with with your adults that you're
2: working with yeah, is to convince it's them it's the you same can't same. See, that you can be successful. That's the gap. I'm dealing with people that are older. Not not all of them are just really <coughs> old, but they're, they're they go anywhere from twenties to sixties are yeah. in in that class. Well, some of the people that are sixties have been victims for twenty five and thirty years, yeah. and they finally got out of it. And you go. I never say, what took you so long, or anything like that. It's always, now that you're out, where do you want to be? Yeah. Because you said, well, I can't do this. And and I said, then you're right. Yeah. Now, if you say, yes, I can, here's what I want then to do. Then you're right also. You you also <laughs> will be right. So, yes. and it's, that's that's the gap. I've got the, the people that were not taught that, and that's what I say, I was taught when I was young, that it was okay to to work because that was part of the that was part of the deal, you know. You had to do this much work and you get to do that much play. Oh, okay. So I mean, that's how my dad trained me. My brother, he just wanted to go to school. He he was an A student. He was smart, and that's yeah. he loved that. Well, I didn't. I wanted to do things with people. So you know. My dad said, okay, you want to go do this and play with your friends? Well, here's what you got to do first. And he was very, very emphatic about how that was being done. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I was a little bit of a rascal. But you,
1: you know, kind of an offshoot of the conversation, but I, I just I thought of it, and it's so refreshing. Um, you know, you think of what we're teaching kids, but also what lessons they teach us, you know. Yeah. And, and the lesson I have learned from our, our kids in Loon Lake Elementary and in our Loon Lake School District is they are so accepting. A kid's a kid. A yeah. kid is a friend. And, and they're a Loon Lake student, and you're one of us.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, and I, I wish all schools and all people in society could see that and have that feeling that when a new kid comes into school, it's just another friend. Yeah. And and where kids lose that along the way, or where adults lose that, where we start dividing off, right? Or whether we get in cliques, or the rich, the middle class, the the, the yeah. poor. I I don't That's know where I don't know where that happens. But I, it'd be a great Good. doctoral study. Okay. Uh, and <clears throat> but for me to to be able to see these. Kindergarten through sixth grade kids, the sixth graders taking care of the kindergartners, yeah. the, the kid who lives uh, homeless or maybe in poverty, um, sitting next to and having lunch and playing on the playground with the, the kid who may live on a lake house on the lake. Yeah. And no, they don't care. Right. They literally don't care. that A kid is a kid, is a friend, is yeah. one of
2: us. Yeah.
1: And that is so refreshing. Uh, it's so refreshing to see how they take care of each other and how they're so kind to
2: each other. And
1: I just, you know, that is such a lesson for me and for all adults. And I hope, I would wish they would never lose that, and I'd love to know when and where that happens that you could fix it. (laughs)
2: Because
1: it's it's wonderful. I
2: think that that could be uh, our closing thought to people. Yeah. That anybody that's out there, it's not just yourself, it's people that you know and interface with. Think about that part, you know, because I remember when I was a kid and, and which is a heck of a long time ago, but when I was, things were very simple back there. We didn't have all the stuff that the kids had, all the distractions. We, we got to play and use our imaginations and do things like that. But it's just exactly what you say. You would... If you went to a certain school, then all the people in your school were there. But I I grew up in big city, L.A., and, you know, there were were other people that would be in different spots, you know, and so you didn't want to go see those people, right? But as we get older, we find out that America's really a melting pot, and that's what we're trying to do here at, at Sun City Country Club. It's not for just senior citizens. It's not just for ball-headed, fat, white guys. It's for everybody. You know, golf is something to be enjoyed by everybody. That's why we try to keep our prices low and we have all kinds of different things. for. Uh, we have deals with high schools to come over here and we only charge them $5 to go play 18 holes of golf. They walk, so they're not using a cart. But, yeah. but I mean, that's they're learning the golf, and the, and five schools that come here. But you go and talk to those kids and see, they're learning from golf, and how to interrelate with with their peer group and how to work with other people and how to compete. And then once you're done competing, you're friends with those people. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's just that's what I would like to be able to get to our audience today, Terry. Is that if we can just with letting them know uh, that we really appreciate them if there's anything we can do to help you uh, look at our website uh, Success or Failure the choice is yours Um, SuccessorFailure.org or Or you can call in during our our show Um, our show number is is 1-917-388-4162 and uh, I really am glad to have you back. I yeah, know it's just for a short time, it but uh, you'll get, be back later. get back later. to the kids here soon enough, yeah.
1: but uh, it's nice to get back down to see you again see all the friends back down here right. and enjoy a little warmth. And and I would close with the same thing, simply saying, you know, the lesson I've learned from the kids is we need to take care of one another.
2: That's exactly right. So. Whatever we can do to help, help more people, yep. I'm going to be going to uh, – To another meeting today, I'm I'm trying to uh, work with uh, the Chamber of Commerce in Peoria. I'm on the Chamber of Commerce board of directors, and we're working to promote tourism in in this area. Uh, And then uh, later today I'm working with a group where we're putting together an angel group to help finance small businesses when they uh, get started. After they've made their initial start and they're actually uh, trying to grow on the west side of Phoenix. So any of those things that that you can do with people to try to get them to expand their own horizons and achieve knowing success or failure, the choice is yours, and you get to decide what success means. Exactly.
1: So with that, we'll close. We want to thank you for joining us on Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. We hope you'll join us next month. Uh at 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock, whatever we're doing it live, or, or of course, any time on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Boomer and Babe. In the meantime, feel free to comment and join in the discussion by emailing us at successorfailure.org. Once again, this is Dr. Terry Munther and Tom Legering reminding you that success or failure, the choice is yours.
0: You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com.